You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, August 26th, 2020. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. You know, I've been thinking a lot about Yannick Ngakwe lately. Ngakwe, in case you don't know, is the Jacksonville edge rusher. Had 12 sacks back in 2017 when the Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game. And now is very unhappy with his situation in, in Jacksonville. He wants out. He wants a new contract. And there have been all kinds of rumors about him. Last week, Michael Lombardi tweeted out that that a trade was imminent, That at least that's what he was hearing. As it turns out, a trade was not imminent because Ngakwe remains a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He also indicated that the Jets were trying, were deeply involved in trade rumors. And over the last few weeks, my views on Yannick Ngakwe and the Jets' pursuit of him have changed. Um, and I'm going to say something that's probably a bit controversial right now. I, I don't really want Yannick Ngakwe at any price. And the reasons for that are, are numerous. I, one of the issues is that Ngakwe will play out the 2020 season on the franchise tag. And for whatever reason, the NFL has this rule. It has this deadline that after a certain date, you cannot reach a contract extension with a player who's on the franchise tag. And it's really kind of a confusing rule because it doesn't really benefit either the player or the team. Both the player and the team want a long-term deal because that helps you plan over the long haul. It gives you certainty. The player, typically, who is on the franchise tag gets more guaranteed money, which is what he's looking for. You know, If you're playing on the franchise tag, that's a one-year deal. So you don't have a lot of long-term security. If you don't play well this season... You, you may not be you may not get the deal that you want, the long-term deal that you want, and lose out on guaranteed money. Now, I know the franchise tag is typically a lot of money, so you, know, you don't feel too badly for the player, but typically for the player, it's better to have a long-term deal than it is playing on the franchise tag. And for the team, usually you can lower the player's cap hit for, the, for this year, and again, you also get long-term certainty. So you're talking about like a one-year rental. So, I mean, that's, that's one issue with Ngakwe. Um, another issue is simply that the franchise tax is pretty expensive. It's around $18 million. So you're, you're talking about paying Ngakwe a lot of money on a one-year rental. Ngakwe has made it kind of clear he's turned down a lucrative extension from Jacksonville. He's looking for $20 million a year or more in a, in a new contract. You're also losing all the leverage. I mean, this is the kind of deal like Bill O'Brien or Dave Gettleman pulls where you trade for a guy on a one-year rental, and then the player has all the leverage once you get to the next offseason because you, you'll you say, you know, the, let's say you give up a third-round pick or a second-round pick, and Jacksonville apparently wants at least a second-round pick for him. Well, if you give up a second-round pick, then you say, you end up saying to yourself, all right, I gave up a second-round pick for this guy. I can't j get just one year out of him. So then when you negotiate, when you eventually do negotiate a new contract with him next offseason and he has other options because he can sign with other teams – you, you may overpay. So there's lots of factors coming into play here. And, I mean, ultimately, you know, the, maybe the biggest issue with trading for Ngakwe is a question that comes to my mind frequently and has come to my mind frequently over the last few weeks. 
Like, when did Yannick Ngakwe become Khalil Mack? When did he become, like, one of the best pl- defensive players in the NFL? I keep reading articles. I keep hearing sports talk hosts talk about Yannick Ngakwe like he's some sort of transformational player on the defense who single-handedly takes your defense from average to good or good to great. He's a guy who, in his career, has averaged around you know nine to ten sacks a year. Pressure rate, not that good. Doesn't really play the run that well. It's just a case, I think, of a guy who's a big name, a big name who people overrate, a good player who wants to be paid like a great player. And I know that this is controversial, but I feel like for the Jets, this is not a player who should even be on the radar right now. Even if you, even if the Jets could get him for like a fifth round pick, I don't think I'd do the deal. I mean, really, the only way I do it. I do the deal for if I was the Jets is if like Jacksonville was willing to just take a salary dump and the Jets were able to shed some bad contracts like Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley or something like that. That's really the only way I'd take Ngakwe on. Um, but my show, this is not really so much about Yannick Ngakwe. It's more about on today's show. What I wanted to talk about is more about the terms in which Yannick Ngakwe got me thinking about how the Jets are building their team and the way I think teams should approach roster construction in the NFL these days, because a lot of teams don't do it well. And I think that for the Jets, trading for a player like Yannick Ngakwe for where they are right now as a franchise would be the wrong decision in general. And I think in many ways it would go against what Joe Douglas has been trying to build. And one of the things I've tried to be vocal about when it comes to Joe Douglas is I don't know whether he's going to successfully build the Jets roster. It's very difficult to say. And I think that there's a real temptation, especially a guy who whose hiring was so universally praised, a guy who's viewed as this blue chip GM prospect. It's very tempting to put him in the Hall of Fame before he's accomplished anything. Because ultimately, it's one thing to have a plan. It's another thing to implement the plan. And implementing the plan is more important it's, it's, it's what will determine whether Joe Douglas is successful during his tenure with the New York Jets. But you do need to have a plan. And to be honest with you, this is the first time it's felt like the New York Jets have had a plan in a long time. I've said this before. I think the last Jets GM where I actually felt like he had a plan was Mike Tannenbaum. And Tannenbaum's plan was absolutely terrible. But it was a plan. I don't think I'm not sure I see what John Idzik's plan was. I'm not sure I see what Mike McCagnan's plan was. Tannenbaum's plan was always think of today, even if you totally destroy your team in the future, even if you're you're totally destro- taking away the resources that could help you build in the future. Do it. Do it if it helps the team today. Terrible plan, but it was a plan. I think Joe Douglas, his plan is better. And again, implementing the plan is more important than having the plan. But we're going to talk about where the Jets are as a franchise ahead here on this show and how teams I think should think about roster construction and we'll get to that a little bit ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Built Bar is now even more delicious and now comes in 18 flavors. There are six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Peanut butter, Comes with 19 grams protein, 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs. Coconut almond comes 18 grams protein, 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, 
five grams net carbs. These are very good tasting. You know, I'm not really focused on protein bars, but I've had built bars before. They taste pretty good. And with your purchase, if you go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on. It's one word, L O C K E D O N at builtbar, B U I L T B A R dot com for ten dollars off your next order. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on Wednesday, August 26th, 2020. And I think when you're building in the NFL, when you're running an NFL team, there are a couple of things you need to assess. And you really need to understand where you are as a franchise. One of the most important things to understand is whether your team is currently on a path that can lead it to a championship. And this requires a lot of self-reflection for a franchise. And... You see it frequently in the NFL. Teams get this wrong because nobody likes to rebuild. And many teams are only, only go to a rebuild as an absolute last resort when there's just no other option. Many times teams are not on a championship path, but there's enough positive in their current situation that they can talk themselves into believing it, believing that they're on the right path, even though they're really not. And this leads to pain in the long term. It leads to you wasting resources. It leads to you thinking that you're closer than you are and making moves that you really should not, making moves that hurt your franchise in the long run. You really need to be honest with yourself. And if you are not currently on a path that will lead to a championship, you need to just start over. And sometimes that's a total overhaul. Sometimes that's a total rebuild. Other times it's not. It doesn't require you to tear down your entire roster. Other times it just requires a reset year. You know, people talk about tanking in the NFL. You know, we've heard in recent years the idea that teams are tanking. I'm not sure I really agree with the idea teams are tanking. I think that there are some teams where they just need to totally overhaul their roster. They 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 don't really have any pieces in place. Their cap situation is not good, and they just need to take a year to reset things. I don't think that that's necessarily tanking. I don't think teams really tank in the NFL because to me t- what tanking is tanking is losing intentionally to try and get one player in the draft. And that doesn't really work in the NFL because NFL teams are, you know, NFL teams are you know, 53, 50, I guess now 55 players. You have co- coaching really matters in this league, maybe more so than in any other sport. One player is not going to fix your franchise. The quarterback's important. Don't get me wrong. But just having the quarterback alone, even even a special quarterback, that doesn't necessarily set your franchise up for success over the long run. You need more than just the quarter. You need the quarterback, but the quarterback alone does not do it. So I don't think the teams really tank in the NFL, but I do think that there are teams that are honest with themselves. They see that they're on the wrong path, and they just decide to reset, even if it costs them a year. In other instances, you may be on the wrong path. You can still maintain a competitive football team, though, because your finances aren't as bad. You don't need to tear everything down. Either way, either way though, it's important to understand where you are. It's, it's important to understand whether you're on the right path. And it's also important to understand where you are on that path. Are you at the beginning Are you closer to the middle or are you on the cusp of a championship? And again, I think there are many teams in this league that think that they're much closer to a championship than they really are. So they trade draft picks trying to get that player they think is the final piece. The player is not the final piece. Yeah, I see this. You see this over and over again. Look at the team that won 10 games last year in a wild card. Look how many times they mortgage their future. They, They make aggressive free agent signings that are not that smart long run. They'll trade a draft pick for a player who they think puts them over the top. Ten wins is not that hard to get in this league. 
it's hard to maintain and it's hard to get from 10 to 13. I think it's harder to get from from 10 to 13 than it is to get from 6 to 10 wins in this league because in a 16-game season, there's so much randomness. You could get a few lucky bounces, maybe get some injury luck, maybe the schedule breaks your way. Your team may not be that great, but you can somehow, some, sometimes the force is just aligned to get you 10 wins, and then you think you're closer to the Super Bowl than you really are, and you're, not, you're just not. And these are all things that come into play when I think about the New York Jets. And again, like I don't want to make this totally about Yannick Ngakwe, because Ngakwe is kind of just a, a, a guy I'm using to prove a point right here. Where the New York Jets are right now is I think that they're on the right path. You know, again, I think Joe Douglas has shown, at least in the early stages, the outline of a good plan. But they're at the beginning of the path. And for a franchise like the New York Jets, and because, and again, I'm using Ngakwe because he's a good example, because this, is, this would be a very short-term move. This would be a move to add a good player, not a great player, and he'd be a one-year rental, and after this year, you know, he, he, he'd either leave after one year or he would require a, a pretty big overpay as an extension. And you'd give up a draft pick. You know, the Jets have two mechanisms to improve this football team right now. You have draft picks and you have cap space. And when a player is going to require both of those resources, when one player requires both of those resources, that's kind of a problem, I, I think. And if, where the Jets are right now, again, they're at the beginning of this path. And this is what I go back to. This is the reason I mentioned tanking. I don't think the Jets are tanking the 2020 NFL season. I think the Jets are trying to win. But I think in many ways this is kind of an evaluation season for the New York Jets because they have some pieces where it could work out. You have some young players you're hoping will play well for you. You're hoping rookies will step in and play well right off the bat. You're also looking at some free agents. The Jets signed a bunch of free agents to short-term deals, either one-year contracts or contracts that are structured in a way that the Jets can get out of them with a minimal hit after one year. You're looking to see what works, and you're hoping it all comes together. But you're at the beginning of the path right here. It's, if it doesn't come together and if the Jets have a bad year, it's not really the end of the world because you're going to have a lot of cap space. That cap space can either be used to re-sign some of those players I was talking about on one-year deals if they work out, or if they don't work out, you let them go and you replace them with the cap space you have. And then you also have the draft picks. And in the NFL, I say it all the time, nothing's more important than draft picks. There's only I think there's only one way to build in the NFL. In basketball, there are a number of different team-building philosophies that can bring you a championship. You can build... By, depending on which team you are, depending on which market you are, depending on how desirable you are as a franchise, there are paths to build a championship roster through free agency in the NBA. And you can build through trades in the NBA. The NFL, the only way to build is to find your contributors through the draft and then find maybe some supporting bargain parts in free agency. But again, the Jets are at the beginning of this. The Jets are at the beginning of this journey right now. And it's not about they're not trying to lose in 2020 they're trying to win in 2020 but it's not the end of the world because they have resources to fix what's wrong at the end of the year if things are wrong and they have draft picks to add to their slate of young talent and you don't the worst thing you the jets could do right now would be making a move where they they are giving up long-term assets for short-term gain because this is a team that's built you could argue, and maybe this is taking it too far, you could build the Jets are, are set up to be the next team on the rise in this league. And I would never give up those kinds of assets for a short-term gain. 
because how much, how much better is Yannick Ngakwe? And I, I don't want to make this all about – I'm making it all about Yannick Ngakwe. I don't want to make it – he's just a good example of the type of player the Jets should be looking to avoid right now. And ahead here on our show, we're going to talk a little bit more about the way teams should build in this league. You've counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they are still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities they, they operate in safe. And right now our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. Again, that's code locked on one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on Wednesday, August 26th, 2020. And I'm talking today about building in the NFL. And I mentioned in our last segment about how I think the Jets are at the beginning of this path. And in many ways, 2020 is kind of an evaluation year. It's an evaluation year for the players, and I think it's an evaluation year for the coaches. I think this coaching staff needs to prove its worth. You know, I mentioned how if players don't perform, they may not be here next year. I think the same thing is true of the coaches. The coaches need to step up and do a good job this year and produce a good year for this franchise. And the Jets, again, are at the beginning of, the, of this path, and they can take a step forward with a good season. If, you know, if they don't have a good season, then they remain at the beginning of the path next year. Or they at least remain at the beginning of the path heading into the offseason where they will have the resources to make some pretty big upgrades. But I think one of the things that's important to remember as you go on this path, as you build in this league, is as much as we talk about, and I, I've even put things in this context, as much as you, as you talk about whether you're a win-now team or a rebuilding team, the fact of the matter is that the vast majority of, these, of the teams in the NFL are somewhere between the two. You have the teams at the very bottom that are just totally overhauling their roster, and then you have a few teams that are like the elite of the elite, you know, your Kansas Cities of the world, where they you enter the season knowing you have a great chance of winning a Super Bowl, but most of the teams in the league are somewhere in between. And that's one of the things I talked about in the last segment about where you are on the path. The Jets are kind of in the beginning of the path. I don't think that they're totally in rebuilding mode. I think that you need to strike the right balance. And you know, what the, for the Jets, the right balance is, you know, did the Jets just bring in a bunch of guys this offseason on minimum deals? No. They spent moderate amounts of money, but they left most of their future resources intact. You know, they, they now have, and they added to their resources through the Jamal Adams trade. They have a lot of cap space in the future. They did not keep 100% of the cap space. They're, trying, they, they're at the beginning of their build. So they use some moderate resources, again, to try and bring some players in to test them out for the future. And as you go, as you build, as you continue to progress as a franchise, it's tempting to go all in. And I talked about that in the last segment, about how once you win 10 games, there's this temptation to just totally mortgage your future to try and win the Super Bowl this year. The best franchises in the NFL don't do that. 
the best way to build in the NFL is just to consistently be building. Draft picks continue, continue to be important even when you become good because once you become good, you start losing players in free agency. You have too many good players to keep, which means they need to be replaced by younger players who are less expensive, and those players come through the draft. And when you build a winner in the NFL. The best way to win a Super Bowl is to have a team that's that's has the to have a team that's built over like a 5 to 7 year window where you have multiple chances to win the Super Bowl. Look at what the Los Angeles Rams did. How they have totally mortgaged their future essentially for trying to try and build a 1 to 2 year window. It's tough to win a Super Bowl and it's really tough when you don't give yourself a longer window. You have, to, you have to strike the right balance of maintaining a top-level team, but also giving yourself resources to continue to tweak your roster because your players eventually get older and they get more expensive. And if you want to maintain a Super Bowl-caliber team, you need to maintain some of it. You need to continue to keep an eye on the future. You need to have a balance. I think back to 2010 when the Jets, I mean, in many ways, the, the early Rex years, in, in many ways that they were very exciting. And in many ways, they were a very good thing for the franchise. But in some ways, they were not so good for the franchise because the Jets used up a tremendous amount of their future resources. They really mortgaged their future in retrospect. And I, you look, I can't, I'll have to admit, I was not saying this at the time, but in retrospect, the Jets really mortgaged their future, giving up draft picks, bringing, bringing in veterans, you know, not developing young talents. They left themselves really only a two-year window in hindsight. And that's just not a way to build in the NFL because, again, it's really tough to win a Super Bowl. You have to give yourself multiple chances because even if you do everything right, even if you build the best team in the league, you might have a playoff game where a blown call goes against you, a fumble bounces the wrong way. Um, you know, there, there's plenty that can go wrong. Uh, you know, injuries. Maybe maybe you suffer a serious injury during the season that you weren't expecting to suffer. There's just too much that that goes wrong. So it's important to I think to understand where you are as a franchise but it's also important to maintain a balance as you're building your franchise and that's something i hope the jets will do going forward and you know back to the guy who i've made this entire show about yannick ngakwe is not the right choice for the jets where they are as a franchise it's also not the right balance because right now the balance for the jets is much more focused on the future it's not just it's not it's not putting the worst team possible on the field it's not it was not spending this offseason neglecting needs just to save all of their cap space for the future, but the right balance for the Jets right now is primarily keeping the keeping most of their resources for the future, and maybe spending a little bit here or there to try and help the team at the beginning of this build. Anyway, those are my thoughts on this. I'd love to hear yours. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you like our show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and send in your mailbag questions. We will do our weekly mailbag show tomorrow.